Just about everything has been going against the Washington Commanders for the past three weeks, but they pulled out an eight-point win over the Atlanta Falcons in week six. We break down how it happened on this live episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to this live post-game episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can continue this conversation by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Just join Locked On Commanders insiders where you get news, inside scoops, and exclusive content delivered delivered directly to your phone from me. Plus, you get one-on-one conversations with me via text. I'm always excited to welcome new insiders to the club and have had some really great interactions with Commanders fans through that program that go beyond what we do here on the show. So join Locked On Commanders Insiders now. Be in the know all the time. Just go to joinsubtext.com slash Commanders to sign up. Of course, I'm David Harrison, your host of Locked On Commanders. You can find me on Twitter as well at dharrison82. I am a credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for commandercountry.com part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate your continued support for the show. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. That's last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. This week is going to work a little bit different, guys. I'm not going to be here Monday through Friday like usual. I'm not going to be as readily available. I'll get into that more at the end of today's episode, let you know what is happening there. But, of course, I'm happy to be here with you on a victory Monday. And if you're in the live chat, I see we've already got one person in the live chat from the Netherlands, always amazed uh, to have overseas football fans tuning into the show. So I appreciate you. And if you're in the live chat, uh, by all means, please converse amongst each other. Please be respectful. If you have any disagreements, I I do always go back and look through the live chat, but during the broadcast, unfortunately can't interact with it uh, as much as possible on today's episode. It's victory Monday guys. So we're handing out game balls following Washington's 24 to 16 win over the Atlanta Falcons and re-keying the team's performance from Sunday. But first, the team got some bad news Saturday night, and it was even worse bad news for one member of the team specifically, and that's going to lead off our right off the top because right off the top, we got to send our condolences, our our well wishes, our thoughts, our prayers, if you are the praying type, uh, to Charles Leno Jr., Washington Commanders left tackle, and his wife Jen Leno and their family. Uh, They announced Sunday, or the team announced Sunday morning, rather, that Charles Leno Jr. would not be playing in the game Due to a personal matter, his wife, Jen, announced on Twitter and Instagram on her accounts just hours before kickoff uh, that they had lost their unborn daughter unexpectedly on Saturday night. If you've been keeping up with uh, the commander's media during training camp, there was a really touching video where uh, Jen Leno was able to coordinate with the team and they brought like a little baby Leno jersey uh, to to practice for him and kind of surprised him uh, with that. I know that at least up to the last day that I was at practice recently, that jersey still hanging in Charles Leno Jr.'s uh, locker, something that he, he certainly enjoyed. Uh, her name, they did name her. Uh, her name was Peyton Maui Leno. Um, and so, again, uh, that happened Saturday night. Charles Leno did not play the game Sunday because of it. Uh, last I was able to to track down, he was still at the stadium uh, a little bit before kickoff, but they were working on getting him home, uh, getting him to his family uh, as, as soon as possible. So our thoughts and prayers go out, of course, to the Leno family during this time. Uh, a lot of you, everydayers especially, you know I recently went through a family loss of my own. 
Um, this is a family loss that, that I cannot, cannot begin to imagine uh, what they're going through. So I send them all the well wishes uh, to, to that family. Jennifer's account uh, on social media, if you want to go wish them the best yourself, at Jennifer M. Leno 72 on Twitter. Her Instagram is at Jennifer M. Leno. So again, our condolences and prayers go out to the Leno family, uh, first and foremost, here on today's episode. Uh, moving into the game, never an easy transition, but we do have to move into the game. The, the commanders did have to play a game. And the second thing off the top from, from watching that game on Sunday, Sam Howell might be becoming the second best quarterback in the NFC East. And honestly, outside of one pretty glaring deficiency, he actually might already be the second best quarterback in the NFC. We'll get to that here in just a second. But when you look at the first half alone, Sam Howell, 12 for 18, 109 yards, two touchdown passes, 119.9 quarterback rating in the first half, a, a great first half. Not the, the biggest yardage production, but I mean, when, when two of your drives, one of the drives started at the Atlanta 10-yard line, thanks to an amazing punt return by Jamison Crowder. Now you guys see why they brought Jamison Crowder in. Now you see why they brought Kaz Allen in. Kaz Allen needs some development, needs more time to grow into his role. But basically what you're seeing from Jamison Crowder is what the team envisions for Kaz Allen in the future. And hopefully with Dax Milne as well, if he can continue to work on becoming a more explosive returner, he himself has told me that he wants to become a more explosive returner when he's healthy uh, and continue to develop as well. Um, but you see that that punt return, put the ball down on the 10-yard line, doesn't take a whole lot of yardage to get that touchdown. And then they had a second possession start at their own 48-yard line, which was uh, the second best. Usually your, your own 48-yard line would be your best starting field position uh, for the day, but you get the ball at the 10-yard line, you get the ball at the 48-yard line there in the first half. So when you take those into account, I mean, you're talking about 70 yards of field that the Atlanta you know, defense or special teams basically didn't make Sam Howell uh, travel. 109 yards, when you put it in, those, in that context, is really, really good for a first half of football. Again, two touchdowns, 119.9 QBR. Overall, Sam Howell's uh, QBR was 119.7, which means it actually went down theoretically. I don't really know how to average QBRs. That, that, that uh, formula has always kind of escaped me, but – uh, two for five in the second half. So he only threw five passes. They didn't drop back only five times. They dropped back more than five times, but only threw the ball five times, completed two of those. Those two completions went for 42 yards. So even his minimal completions in the second half, he's completing uh, a good amount of yardage. You're getting him again, a good amount of production. One touchdown pass, uh, that one, the screen to Brian Robinson there on the first drive of the second half, second play of the second half. In fact, he got 25 yards and a touchdown and the rest of the game, less than 25 yards uh, in, in passing. So I kind of showed you the game flow for the rest of the game that we'll get into here in just a minute. Again, finish with a QBR of 119.7. Now, the problem with Sam Howell, while I say Sam Howell might be becoming the second best quarterback in the NFC East, and he's not already the second best quarterback in the NFC East, is because as many as four of the five sacks uh, that the Atlanta Falcons got on Sunday were from Sam Howell holding the ball too long. You know, and this is something that I was talking to so if you're watching live on YouTube or if you're watching later on YouTube, you can see I'm in my home office. I did not go to Atlanta. Again, I'll get I'll get more into the week ahead uh, here later on in the show, which is why I didn't go to Atlanta. Um, but I was texting with a bunch of media members that you guys you all know the you know the 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 the, uh, the, the, the regular suspects. What are they called? Uh, whatever the 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 other many media members are the Washington Commanders that you guys are familiar with. I was texting with a lot of them during the game, DMing with a lot of them during the game. And talking about some of these sacks and like, okay, was that on Sam? Was that on somebody else who got beat here? Who got beat there? And as far as I can, as far as I see it, and again, I haven't done a rewatch of the game yet, but as many as four of the five sacks uh, that Sam Howell took on Sunday against Sam, they're against Sam. You know what I mean? From holding the ball too long. It's a young quarterback thing. That's a Sam Howell thing. You go back to the North Carolina tape. You saw that a little bit 
uh, certainly something just comes from him wanting to make the play, wanting to stay alive as long as he can for his teammates to be able to get open so he can find them downfield. Uh, but I also think play calling the second half needs to get better. You know what I mean? And I'll know more once I can get my hands on the 22, once I have time to do that, and once I get time to kind of watch it and, and do all those things. But, you know, the play calling in the second half seemed to me like Eric Bieniemy, Sam Howell, combination of the two, were really kind of going for the jugular. You know what I mean? And, and to a certain extent, you kind of like that killer instinct. But at a certain extent or to at a certain point, you always have to kind of you kind of have to recognize, OK, going for the jugular really isn't working, like taking these deep shots or trying to wait for these deep shots to develop just is not working right now. Let's go back to what got us here. The, the, the left side runs, the screen passes, the short passes, take the underneath stuff that the Falcons were willing to give up that they took in the first half. They didn't do that as much in the second half. Uh, and to me, that's the reason you see that that drastic decline in production. But you also see Sam holding the ball too long and taking those stats. But. According to NFL research, even with all the holding the ball too long, the terrible uh, production against the uh, the Buffalo Bills recently, Sam Howell has thrown for 1,644 yards in his first seven career starts. That is the most by a starting quarterback for Washington in franchise history in that same time period. So better than RG3, better than anybody who's ever thrown the ball for Washington as a quarterback. First seven starts, nobody has thrown the ball for more yards than Sam Howell has uh, so that's a good thing. But again, that second half play calling, that's kind of the third thing off the top 12 plays on the first drive of the game for the Washington Commanders, 14 plays after the first four drives in the second half. That's not good. That's not a good ratio. You need more plays called. And the way you do that is take what they can give you, take what the defense willing to give you, convert first downs, drive the ball a little bit. I think they're just going for too many deep plays uh, in the second half. Brian Robinson Jr. was affected by it. Six carries in the first half four in the second half, two catches for 25 yards and a touchdown could have had three for 39 yards, if not for a Nick Gates holding penalty, but he took a screen for a touchdown in the second half on the very first possession of the second half. And then he got three touches from that point on to me. Again, we've talked about this before. Brian Robinson, most effective player on this team. you got to get him the ball even more. So that second half play calling certainly needs to improve. That's the final thing right off the top. But what about our three keys to victory? I laid them out on Saturday. Let's see what, how Washington did in securing them. During their win, that's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're doing that thanks to our friends over at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And on top of the last-minute deals, Game Time also has flash deals, and zone deals with easy-to-find tickets for every kind of event in your area. Plus, you can see the view from your seat that you're looking to buy so you know what to expect when you arrive. And with GameTime's best price guarantee, if you find tickets in the same section and row for the same event for less, they'll give you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out by buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's post-game episode of Locked On Commander is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently-owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks and guys like me, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and then watch your winnings roll in. Prize picks is really simple to play, and I can make my picks in less than 60 seconds. From there, I just have to monitor my picks, and it really adds another layer to my football experience every weekend. 
and on Thursday nights. This week, I took Antonio Gibson to get more than 26 and a half yards of offense, Brian Robinson Jr. to get more than one and a half receptions, Terry McLaurin to have more than six and a half targets, and Falcons quarterback Desmond Ritter to have more than nine and a half yards rushing. Antonio Gibson, the only one that did not deliver on that, but thanks to flex play, I still made one and a half times my bet, uh, so I still made money off of that. Ticket, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL in all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code locked on NFL. Price picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Thanks to everybody on Locked On Commanders, your first listen or view today and every day. And every dayers, greatly appreciate you coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Football season is here, and uh, Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Every Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On YouTube channel with hosts Tanitra, Jarvis, and Kyle, who break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, you get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Continue on with our conversation here on a uh, Victory Monday episode. If you're live with me Sunday, greatly appreciate you again. Keep chatting around uh, the live chat room, and I will read through uh, when I get time at a later date, as I always do. Time to rekey the Washington Commanders against the Atlanta Falcons. So before the game, we laid out three keys to victory. That episode dropped Saturday because uh, the film study for the Atlanta Falcons took me a really long time, more time than I expected, I'll tell you that. Uh, so I couldn't get it done Friday for you, but I did get it Saturday morning, was able to run that Saturday afternoon. So hopefully you check that out. If you didn't, we'll go back through the each key, and then we'll talk about kind of how the Washington Commanders did on Sunday. Key number one was run to the left side against the Falcons defense. That was specifically to the left side. Now, we always talked about you could run to the right side as well, but the left side really seemed uh, to be where the best uh, avenue to attack this defense was going to be. And then, of course, is the left side of the offensive formation, so the right side of the defensive formation. Uh, and the reason being, with the Carolina Panthers and the Torrey Lions both averaged 5.2 yards per carry or more running to the left side of their offensive formation. The Panthers averaged 5.9 yards to the right, and the Lions averaged 4.3 yards to the right. So, again, Either or, but mainly to the left. Now, Washington coming into this game when running out of 11 personnel, which is the personnel grouping, one running back, one tight end, uh, that the commanders like to use the most right now under Eric Bieniemy, they run the best when they run to the left anyway. They're averaging 5.6 or 5.7 yards per carry through five games when doing so. So it just, it all lined up, right? It's best to do that against the Falcons. It's best to do that if you're the commander's offense. So let's run to the left side. Well, here is how the commanders did in that front. In the first half, Brian Robinson specific, or uh, mo mostly Brian Robinson Jr., but the Washington Commanders in general ran the ball to the left side of their offensive formation seven times and gained 41 yards to the left side of the field in the first half. So again, well over five yards per carry in the first half. In the second half, they only ran the ball to the left side of the formation. And again, didn't run a whole lot of plays because they weren't keeping the ball very long. Five times, 15 yards. So now you're talking three yards per carry um, to the left side. So not as effective, but also... Not as many hits going that way. A lot of those, a lot of those five came in one condensed sp uh, 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 sprint. But Chris Rodriguez Jr. actually had a, had a couple of runs to the left side that were very successful. Would love to see more Chris Rodriguez Jr. Uh, welcome back to the rookie out of Kentucky uh, after missing two games with an illness. Um, you know, so it kind of makes sense. He got limited action here in this first game. But I mean, look, you go back through the Chris Rodriguez tape. 
and it's limited, but so far it's been pretty good. And he's had some success when running the ball for the Washington Commanders. So hopefully starting with the New York Giants matchup next weekend, maybe we get to see a little bit more of C-Rod running with B-Rob uh, here moving forward for the Washington Commanders. So did they secure this first key? I kind of look at this as like three keys. They give you success. There's like, like treasure treasure keys, right? Like you get the three keys and boom, you get to win. Um, did they secure that first key? Yeah, I would say they did. I mean, ultimately they ran the ball 12 times, 56 yards to the left side of the field. So yeah, I mean, when, especially when you look at how often the Washington Commanders have been running in general, I would say, yes, they secured that key, but barely and mainly in the first half. So that's kind of, that's kind of a win, right? But it's like a, it's like a, it's like a C plus uh, on the paper, not necessarily uh, an A plus, right? Key number two, we said the Washington Commanders had to convert opportunities to intercept Desmond Ritter because we knew they were going to come. Desmond Ritter had thrown coming into this game 10 turnover worthy plays this season, second only to Mac Jones of the New England Patriots. But those had only been intercepted three times. So people talk about, oh, Desmond Ritter is securing the ball. He's really not securing the ball. Defenses aren't punishing him for putting it up uh, in risk. But in the games where Ritter had been picked off, uh, the Atlanta Falcons were minus 15 in scoring margin. Where he hadn't been picked off, they were plus two in scoring margin. So how did it go? Well, the first turnover-worthy pass of the game that Desmond Ritter threw came in the Washington Commanders' 45-yard line or so, and it was dropped by Kendall Fuller. Very frustrating because we've seen the secondary drop a good amount of interception opportunities. But the second opportunity Kendall Fuller had to pick off Desmond Ritter, he did not drop. He took advantage of that one, uh, and that was in the, around the midfield area as well. And then, of course, Benjamin St. Jude's coming up with arguably the biggest defensive play uh, of the game, an interception in the end zone on third and goal when you know the Atlanta Falcons were going for it on fourth and goal. So you don't just take the ball away. You take two opportunities to score in one uh, fail swoop. So that's two interceptions there for those guys. And then, yeah, again, the first one uh, came on the first possession of the second half, led directly to a Brian Robinson touchdown off that screen pass that made it 24-10. to 10. The second one from St. Juice was his first of his career. It was 24-16 at the time. Uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons were trying to go in for a potential tying score uh, at that time. And then, of course, the third interception to seal the win by linebacker Jamin Davis, also his first interception of his career. So I counted five turnover-worthy passes thrown by Desmond Ritter on Sunday, and the Washington Commanders got three of them. That is a solid 60% conversion rate when you're converting uh, turnover-worthy plays into takeaways. That is very nice. That is very good. That's exactly what you want. So yes, the Washington commander secured that key. So we're already two out of three, two out of three, ain't bad, right? Key number three, keep Atlanta under three passes, completions of 15 plus air yards. Now Washington had faced the six most, most pass attempts in the NFL of 15 air yards or more, and they'd given up the most yards and the most touchdowns in those plays, 15 plus air yards or more uh, in the national football league. Not good. Week one and two, they combined for three per game. Week three, four, and five, they combined for four per game. So you do the math, three or fewer, and you probably win the game. So how did it go? Well, I think it went okay. Um, three times in the first half, Washington blew coverage on passes that traveled 15-plus air yards or more. Desmond Ritter missed all of them, which, again, if you go back to our film study, uh, we talked about Desmond Ritter not being very good at hitting those, those vertical routes. Um they did allow two passes of 15-plus yards on the first drive touchdown score. Basically, the bottom line is this. The, the Washington Commanders gave up a good amount of explosives. They gave up a 19-yarder, a 22-yarder, another 17, a 13, a 17, another 32-yard pass, another 18-yard pass. And we could go through every single one of these and just tear the secondary apart. The bottom line is there were six Falcons drives where the Commanders allowed passes to gain 15 or more yards. Three of those drives produced points. Three of those drives ended in turnovers. That is a very dangerous game to play for the Washington Commanders as a very feast or famine type of scenario because, again, if Desmond Ritter doesn't throw those interceptions, that's potentially six plays 
that are putting up points. And even if they're field goals, that's 18 more points, or that's uh, that's potentially nine more points that you're adding to the scoreboard in an eight-yard or an eight-point victory. So did they secure this? Not really. You know what I mean? They definitely gave up more than three. But I think the second key, getting the interceptions when the opportunity presented themselves, proved power, powerful enough to overcome that. So two out of three keys secured. It was enough to secure the win, which is most important. My prediction for the score was 23-17 Commanders. Uh, turns out I, I shorted Washington one point and I gave Atlanta one point. So uh, 24-16 was the outcome. I predicted 23-17, which means we get to hand out game balls. Coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Once you add your job posting, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Wrapping up this live post-game episode of Locked on Commanders. And if you're live with me here Sunday after the uh, Washington Commanders' third win of the season, welcome. If you're listening after or watching after, welcome as well, just not in real time. This is our Victory Monday episode, which means we get to drop game balls or handout game balls. Game ball number one, uh, it's going to the quarterback, man. It's going to Sam Howell. I know less than 200 yards. You know what I mean? The second half, not a lot of production there. You want to see him get rid of the ball sooner. But when you look at a quarterback who's in his seventh start, I mean, you guys – just watched. If you watch this game, you just watch the quarterback and Desmond Ritter, who's on his, I don't know, 12th, 13th start. Maybe, you know, maybe not as much, but he had a good amount of starts last season. And then he got some starts this season. So you see how much Sam Howell is, is I guess, further along in his development uh, than I think a guy like Desmond Ritter is. You know what I mean? Um, and, and bottom line is he sets a franchise record for passing yards by a Washington quarterback through seven starts. I think that's huge. Uh, it's his first three touchdown game of his career uh, in this weekend against the Falcons, his third multi-touchdown passing game. And in his multi-touchdown passing games, those three, he's thrown seven touchdowns and only one interception. So it shows you when he is on, he is on third straight game, improving his previous week's QBR. So he had a 98.6 quarterback rating as Philadelphia Eagles, 99.1 against the Chicago Bears and a 119.7 against the Atlanta Falcons. And it's his fourth QBR of 98 or better this season and also it's his fourth of seven starts so four of sam howell's seven starts he's got a qbr over 98 uh that's pretty stinking good so game ball number one going to young sam howell game ball number two is going to a backup it's going to casey two uh montez Sweat got hurt at one point deron Payne got hurt missed a play but casey two really came through got two sacks on desmond ritter one came in the third quarter on a third and three from near midfield that forced the falcons punt and the other on third and eight from right around the same spot of the field, honestly, that forced a fourth and long that Atlanta then failed to convert two sacks, both coming on third downs, which is your money down. That's big time play by a backup defensive end. So second game ball going to Casey Tuhill. Game ball number three, 
I'm going Benjamin St. Juice, guys. First interception of the season, first interception of his career. Uh, he's playing outside again, which is, I think, where a lot of us wanted to see him playing in the first place. And I'm not going to get into the whole why they draft Emmanuel Forbes and all that stuff. Bottom line is Benjamin St. Juice. He was playing in the slot. I think his interception actually came while he was in the slot, but he did play the outside a good bit as well. Uh, comes down with his first career interception and came in the red zone, goal to go situation. Uh, the game outcome hanging in the balance again. Even if the touchdown gets scored there, the best the Falcons could do was tie. Uh, but with the way the offense had been running, you don't want to get into a tied situation anyway. Uh, so not bad for a guy who didn't have a very good week five. I mean, nobody in the, in the secondary had a good week five. So good bounce back overall for Benjamin St. Juice. Not perfect. There were some blown coverages early. Uh, Percy Butler had a blown coverage. I think Ben had a blown coverage. Um, certainly, Jamin Davis had a couple of blown coverages in the game. So not perfect, right? Not not the most immaculate win you're ever going to see, but it's a win. And it ends the three-game losing streak. Uh, it puts the commanders back in the win column. It puts them back at 500. Now they have an opportunity to go into New York next weekend uh, and get back above 500, get their fourth win in the season, a very, win very winnable game. Um, and I will be back to talk about that with you on Thursday. And that kind of goes in the rest of it. So this week, guys, I will not be with you Monday through Friday. Um, this is my final episode this week before crossover Thursday. I will be back for crossover Thursday, but tomorrow morning, uh, bright and early Monday morning, I will be flying to Colorado as we get ready to uh, to do my father's funeral. So I appreciate all your guys' support through this whole process. I know it's been a little bit up and down, a little bit back and forth. I will be back Wednesday in time to uh, to tape uh, the crossover Thursday episode with Patricia Trainer of Locked On Giants. So I'll be talking with her, and then I will be back out of Commander's practice Thursday, Friday, and I will be at MetLife Stadium. Uh, when the Washington Commanders take on the New York Giants. That'll be my first game back uh, since my father passed away. So, again, I appreciate all your guys' support. Appreciate you coming through, and I will talk to you again on Thursday. In the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, just throw them in the YouTube comments section. Hit me up on Twitter or send them to me directly by becoming a locked insider at joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders as always thank you so much for making me uh making me and locked on commanders your first listen of the day every day every day as you already know i always i appreciate all of you for coming through on a consistent basis insiders uh y'all keep me company not just during games but between games you know what i mean i appreciate all the insiders uh you guys are a good bunch of, of people and i've gotten to know a lot of commanders fans that way and i greatly appreciate you so thank you all for making me a part of your day part of your routine till we speak again again thursday till we speak again please be safe be kind. I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 